The longest and one of the most exciting Coca-Cola 600s ever comes down to the final corner. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, teammates at Joe Gibbs Racing, and they come to the line. Hamlin wins by two car lengths. What a race. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. On this week's episode, we're going to have to recap a very busy Sunday in motorsports. A lot of action. we got to just give a quick look back to all three of the big races that we saw, and we were not disappointed, and we'll talk about why. And after we're done recapping last week, we're going to move ahead to a brand new racetrack for the Cup Series. It's Worldwide Technologies Raceway, a.k.a. Gateway is what most people call it. So we're going to break that down. What are some comp tracks that we need to look at here and what are the best strategies to put together some picks? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about our outright picks, finishing positions. What's the bet of the week this week? All of that great stuff. And then we will get into a conversation with Asphalt DGen. You know him on Twitter. He's out there putting out picks every week as well. He is a local of the Gateway Racetrack, so he's going to give us that local energy. And man on the street this week as he's going to be at the race. So a great conversation with him and a full tank face-off as well, talking some head-to-head matchups. So great episode coming up here, and we've got to start by taking a look back, like I said, on Sunday a lot of racing action. So it started very early in the morning on the East Coast. 9 a.m. is when things were, well, supposed to get started. But obviously the F1 race for anyone that was following was very much delayed. The reason I'm recapping this is because throughout the weekend and uh, even the week leading up, we talked about a lot of parlays, right, involving all of the major sports and started with Monaco and the F1. Rain delay. Right, They got the rain tires out, and a lot of people were excited to see how these guys were going to be able to handle the rain. Qualifying had some, you know, uh, cloud around it as far as, like, you know, will there be some guys penalized? Will they not be penalized? Ended up no penalties after qualifying, so there was some drama around that. And after they get the rain tires out, everybody's ready for it. They ended up, you know, delaying the race. Uh, so that was a little bit of a, a miss, I would say, for F1. A lot of people had eyes on that race, a really cool chance to shine for some people who may not be F1 fans, and they kind of blew it, you know. Monaco being, a, I think, a pretty admittedly boring track as far as the racing is concerned. The venue itself is unbelievable. It's unmatched, very historic, but to not get that race in in the rain, which would have made things a lot more interesting, um, at least to start on time, that was a bit of a miss. Long delay, and then there was a huge wreck. Uh, But as far as the ending or or the way things shook out, I was pretty happy because I had uh, the Red Bull double podium, thanks to our guy F1 Frank. He's been on uh, earlier this season and last season. Red Bull is his team. Max Verstappen is his guy. And, uh, well, they were able to do a double podium, which paid out pretty decent amount there. So I was happy with the way it ended up, but I think it was a bit of a miss overall for F1. Speaking of not missing, it was IndyCar. 
I mean, what a race for the Indy 500, which came you know later in that afternoon, and that went on for a while. For the majority of the race, Scott Dixon had full control. And, you know, he was dealing with some demons from the last season, the Indy 500 just a year ago, and it really seemed like he had everything shored up. He was the favorite going into it. And once again, we see Scott Dixon get absolutely devastated. And this time it was a pit road speeding penalty. So after dominating the race, you know, Palo had had took control, uh, took the lead a few times. There were some lead changes, but Dixon always would take it right back. And it was very clear that they were the car to beat, but they ended up beating themselves on, on a speeding penalty on pit road. So that was just a complete open door for someone else to take advantage of. And Marcus Erickson did that. But where IndyCar stepped up to the plate was after Jimmy Johnson, our guy, Jimmy Johnson, wrecks with very few laps to go, IndyCar normally, or, you know, any race in Indy 500s of the past could do this. They can end the race under caution, which we're not used to in NASCAR anymore, right? So I think my mind was like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just have a, another restart. No, IndyCar fans and the announcers knew right away, like, oh, boy, IndyCar has a decision to make here. Will they throw a red flag to clean up this mess, or will this race end under caution? And I think that's what Erickson's team wanted to see. But uh, IndyCar threw the red flag, which made it a basically a green-white checkered finish, uh, which is not very common in IndyCar. So we got just an absolutely phenomenal restart. Those guys drove their asses off, and Erickson held off the push and wins the Indy 500. So a great job by that team. Unbelievable way to have that unfold if you're not a fan of IndyCar, like I guess I would uh, describe myself. So uh, good stuff there. Did not hit on too many bets with IndyCar. I'm trying to think back. I I was really following um, Sato versus Tony Kanaan, and that was uh, holding up a few parlays of mine. And uh, really, Tony Kanaan stepped up the plate, finishing fourth, I believe, or maybe it was even third, whereas uh, Sato dropped back, especially after that last caution. So uh, that was really the one that was holding me up on a bunch of different parlays. If that had hit, I would have been in business. But in any case, great race to watch. Then we get to the, the race that we care most about. The Coke 600 absolutely lived up to the hype. The longest Coke 600 in the history of the sport. And, you know, I would have taken another hour of it. Like, it was so good. I love seeing, I mean, we called it a battle of attrition, and it really was. Like, these guys were not just sitting back. They were going for it, and we had everything in that race. You know, we had a car upside down at one point. Chris Buescher, obviously, okay, so it's fun to kind of joke about it now. But, you know, we had Austin Dillon going for it and Chase Briscoe going for it. And, you know, they, they left it out there on the line. And what all of that stuff did was open the door for just a, a crazy ending, a, a double overtime situation, and Denny Hamlin comes out victorious. So for getting into you know our bets, we had Kyle Busch as an outright pick. We just missed with Kyle. Obviously, he finished second, but that battle with him and Denny on the, the final laps was just awesome. And so Denny merges victorious there. Now, we had Denny with a top five. It was plus 
125, I believe. Uh, I don't have my sheet from last week in front of me, but we had him to finish in the top five. Very happy that we cashed in on that. But if they finished uh, in opposite positions, if Kyle won the race and Denny finished second, we would have really had a nice payday there. Um, Other bets that we hit on, it was Ricky Stenhouse for a top 10. Very happy about that. So our finishing position bets last week definitely came through for us. We had Ross Chastain. That was a miss, but he was you know, a factor for most of that race. So I wasn't upset uh, that we missed that. We picked someone that was definitely a good race car. We won the faceoff against Derek last week. And we ended up going with a different model for the full tank faceoff against Derek, which was the matchups. And I will say, I had a conversation with Derek after the fact, and uh, we think that those matchups could work in the future for a long race like this. And I'm thinking maybe super speedway races because where my mind's going is like the the winner who the person who was in the lead of that uh, faceoff traded back and forth like a million times throughout that race. Like I thought that I was dead in the water when Kyle Larson was leading that race for, you know, up until the end. And then all hell breaks loose and then I take the lead. I end up winning two to one in that matchup. So we ended up having a, a side bet there. If if Denny won, when we were talking about the, the picks, he said if Denny Hamlin won, he would send a case of Coca-Cola my way to... Uh, commemorate the event, but uh, we'll see if he pays up on that. Haven't gotten anything yet, but I'll keep everyone posted on that if something does come my way. So overall, decent race, Um, won some bets, lost some bets that, you know, we still feel comfortable betting. Uh, If we look back in time, feel comfortable about it. So had a great time. It was a long race. Saw some people saying, oh, you know, this should be shorter. It's the classic like yearly uh, anniversary, you know, every time. There's people out there on Twitter that are saying, oh, this race is too long. Disagree wholeheartedly. I could watch like another hour of it. So uh, I thought it was a job well done by NASCAR. The next gen at the the mile and a half at Charlotte definitely worked out. So now we're going to transition. And we got to go from a racetrack that they had 123 races on in the Cup Series to a brand new track. Like I said, it's Worldwide Technologies Raceway, but most people just call it Gateway for short. It's in the St. Louis area, um, so named after the, the Gateway Arch there. And this is not new to NASCAR. We've had some Xfinity races there, but the last Xfinity race was over a decade ago. And uh, the Truck Series is really what we've been seeing there more recently. So we have some people out there that are racing this weekend in the Cup Series, who have had success at this track, just in lower series. So I'm going to throw some names out there of former winners because they will be familiar to you. We've had Ross Chastain, Justin Haley, Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, Kevin Harvick, all winners in the Truck Series. And then in the Xfinity Series, again, this is dating way back. This is Brad Keselowski, He's the last person to win an Xfinity race there in 2010. Kyle Busch got a win there, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick in the Xfinity Series as well. So just because these guys haven't raced here in the Cup Series doesn't mean a lot of these drivers haven't seen this racetrack. Coming up through the different series, there's a good chance that they have seen it. So uh, it's a mile and a quarter. So kind of poses a strange challenge, I guess, to the driver, but also to us as gamblers 
to try to find our footing here because it's not necessarily a short track, but we're falling just shy of our like cookie cutter style mile and a half. So let's get into the track stats because I want to just take a quick look. We got to now strategize like how are we going to put together some data points to try to rely on things and make our picks. So the first thing that I'm doing here, I usually do track stats uh, in this way, but because we don't have any cup series stats to go off of former races, I'm combining the 15 Xfinity series races and the 21 cup, excuse me, truck series races uh, together here. And to give you these percentages, that's what we're going to be coming up with. So Looking at all of those together, the winner in those series have started from the pole four times in the history. And the last time someone won from the pole, it was 2010. And that was the truck series, I believe, in Kevin Harvick. Uh, starting in the top five, it's happened 61% of the time. And starting in the top 10, 83% of the time. That's a staggering number. We have not seen that in a typical you know track stat set up here now we have to take that with a bit of a grain of salt because this is not the cup series cars that we're talking about here but if you're looking at the truck series 19 race winners out of the 21 races at gateway have started within the top 10. So that's just crazy and there hasn't been a combination of Xfinity or trucks anybody that started outside of the top 20 and went on to win the race. So that should give you a bit of a hint. Now this is a flat track. So, you know, we'll get into our comp tracks in a second, but you know, you kind of see where we're going with this. You're gonna need some track position right out of the truck. You're gonna have to be fast and you're gonna have to, you know, keep your track position as the race goes on if you want any sort of shot to win. If you're looking at manufacturer trends, like we normally do in those two series. It's really been Chevy that's dominated. Um, they've got five in a row in the truck series and eight of the last 11 in the truck series. So uh, I didn't look into the Xfinity stats because it was just too far back. The last winner I believe was Dodge. So uh, that tells you something. So looking at some tracks that are like Gateway, some, some comparable racetracks, the first place I went this week was our guy Ryan again at iFantasyRace.com doing a great job this season trying to provide that sort of information and calling out some other flat tracks and you know he described it perfectly. It's not necessarily a short track. It's kind of a, a longer flat track. So we're talking about Phoenix. We're talking about Richmond. And we're also talking about New Hampshire. So this is important to us because we've got the mystery of the next-gen car already kind of solved at two of those three tracks. So we will be relying on uh, some of those stats from earlier this season on Phoenix and Richmond. So on this episode, you're going to hear me talking about data from six races, and it's the last two races from each of those three tracks. Again, Phoenix, Richmond, and New Hampshire. And I'll also call out some 2022 speed rankings, and that's the average from what we saw this year, speed ranks at Phoenix and Richmond. So that's how we're going to be trying to predict what we're looking at here. The favorite is plus 800. So that tells you that the books are also unsure of what to do. And what that means for us as the gamblers is that we're getting great values right now. So even if you wanted to bet on the favorite, 
you know, that's not too shabby, plus 800. And it also gives us an advantage when we're taking someone who isn't the favorite. Um, so I'm not calling anyone out here that's below plus 1,000, which is great, you know. It gives us a, a real chance to cash in a big ticket. So with that all being said, let's talk about the first driver that I think has a really good shot to win. And it's going to be someone who is plus 1,000. It's Ryan Blaney. So I've called him Bridesmaid Blaney so far this year because he's been good at times, but not good enough to win a race. Goes out and wins the all-star race, exhibition race, but million dollars, a good uh, boost to the wallet, good boost of confidence there on Texas, a a mile and a half track, cookie cutter type vibe. And so I think that is all playing a good factor because he also wrecked early at Charlotte. So when you combine all of that together, right? He he had a good winning race at Texas. Then he he comes back to the Coke 600, doesn't get a chance to really compete uh, in that really long race, right? They were out of it very early. So I think because of that, people are kind of sleeping on him this week. He was out of sight, out of mind at the end of the 600. And that was a race that, you know, if he was still involved, I think he would have been playing a factor. But uh, looking at the six races that we're talking about here of the comparable tracks, No wins, but three top fives, five top tens, and I'm also going to go out to six top 20s, which is important, I think, because that's telling us that he's getting finishes, right? He's not wrecking out. Average finish compared to everyone is fourth. It's 8.3, and his driver rating is also fourth, 107.2. So there's a real chance for Ryan Blaney to step up here and steal one at a new track. Now, looking at those six races... He's got the most average laps led in the entire field. So that's huge. 62.2 is his average laps led. And then looking at fastest laps as well, he's got the six most average fastest laps. So he's got a good amount of stats, right? When you're trying to look through all the numbers and try to, you know, use your machete and try to hack down all of the the different weeds and the the jungle of, of the numbers, He's emerging as someone who is a real contender at this style of racetrack. Now, if you want to just look at this year, the two races that they ran, he finished seventh and fourth. His speed ranks equal second. All right. He's tied for second. 3.0 is his speed rank. That tells me that he's a real deal threat. He's plus 110 to finish in the top five. That is very much in play. If you look at those six races, he has a 50% top five percentage at these racetracks. So, you know, take him at plus 1,000 to win the race, but hey, plus 110 for a top five, might be able to shop that around, get better value at a different book because that's off of DraftKings. They had the, the odds out the earliest. So all I'm trying to tell you here is that he has performed well at these flat type of tracks. And I think that Blaney is really good value at plus 1,000. So he's my first outright pick for this week. This next driver, I have to tell you, this is a a first. So I started to write down somebody on my notepad here. I have the same kind of organized notes every week, you know, as I'm writing in my picks. And I started writing in a driver. And as I'm starting to look through, you know, the numbers and and try to copy them down onto my page, I crossed them out. And I crossed them out in favor for Christopher Bell. So we'll get into who that might have been later uh, if I'm feeling up to it. But we're going to focus on Christopher Bell right now because he's plus 1,200. 
to win this race. And it seems like this could be a perfect fit for him to snag his first win of the season because he's been decent at these comparable tracks. Now, you know, this is a first for me. I'm feeling very on edge that I, I went down the path of somebody else and then, you know, switch gears. So let's look at Christopher Bell in those six races, five, excuse me, two top fives, four top tens. That's really good. Like compared to all these other guys, Christopher Bell is definitely towards the top of that list. We're looking at top 10 percentage. Average finish is 12.3. That's 12th in NASCAR. And his driver rating is 93.5, which is eighth out of everyone in NASCAR. So that's telling us that he can roll with the big guns there. And the fact that these are, you know, we're not going back very far, right? This is just like the last year and a half to two years that we're talking, which is when Christopher Bell is in his good equipment. So he's really a, a boomer bust situation when you're looking at these six races, because I'm, I'm going to give you all six of his finishes because he had a 28th, then back that up with a second, a third, a ninth, had a 26th, and then had a sixth in the most recent race at Richmond. So you know, not too shabby. Like I said, that average finish number, he's 12th in NASCAR, but he, he's boomer bust. You know, if he's inside the, the top 26, he's really competing for a victory. So I really like to see that. Now, something else that's a little uh, strange, he, the last two winners were plus 1,200. He is going off at plus 1,200. So, you know, if you look at Blaney in the all-star race, Denny last week in the Coke 600, we saw guys that were plus 1,200 get the race win, at least at some point in the, the week, you know. We got Christopher Hill plus 1,200 right now. If that trend were to continue, I like it all the way. So lock it in, and the cherry on top is the truck win that he has from a few years ago. You know I love it when the driver knows where victory lane is, and we called out a bunch of them that have won the race here in the past in different series. Christopher Bell, one of those guys, so I needed to throw some money down on somebody like that. Now, I will say, the other driver that I started in on was Tyler Reddick. And it's because I feel like this could be, you know, first time track, first time career win. Um, that's really where my head was at when I started writing his name down, but Christopher Bell just got my attention. So I'm either completely mushing myself and Reddick's gonna go out and get it done, but I will tell you, I am going to have Reddick in some capacity. I can't not have him. It'll probably be in a head-to-head -head scenario or a bunch of them. Uh, but just full disclosure, that's who I wrote down first and ended up going with Christopher Bell. So take from that what you wish. Now, the last driver I'm going to call out to win the race is Chase Elliott plus 1,000. So just like Blaney. And he's had a ton of bad luck this year, Chase. Now, he did go out, he got his win at Dover, got the monkey off of his back a bit, but the fact remains that Chase Elliott is performing at a high level still. Like, he is the points leader. Do we have to call this out? I feel like every time I'm on Chase in some way, I have to remind everyone, like, he's still the points leader, and we should be thankful that we are able to get Chase at plus 1,000 because if he was performing or getting the finishes that he probably deserves this year, we would not be seeing this number. So lock me in here for Chase at plus 1,000. Consistency is key, right? Especially when we're going to 
a newer track. You want to focus in on guys who have just been calm, cool, collected this year, even in the face of adversity. And I feel like Chase is one of those guys. In his last six races on these calm tracks, two top fives, three top tens, five top 15s. His average finish is 10.2. That is good enough for seventh. And his driver rating, right? This is the key. Kind of very similar to what we're seeing this season. His average finish is seventh in NASCAR, but his driver rating is second. 108.8. So just like what we're seeing this year, might not be getting the finishes he deserves. Same thing at these comp tracks. Um, So I really like Chase as a sneaky pick here. And, you know, it's kind of tough to call the most popular driver in the sport a sneaky pick. But, you know, the stats are kind of saying, hey, you know, he's someone to be reckoned with. And the odds at plus 1,000 stand out to me as a super good value there. So this year... At the Phoenix and uh, Richmond races, he finished 11th and 14th. So those are the two flat tracks. But if you look at his speed rankings, much better than where those finishes are. He's second, tied with Blaney, 3.0. He had the fastest speed rank at Phoenix. So consider Chase a snake in the grass. We forgot about Chase. And uh, I think that this is definitely something that he could sneak up and, and snag the grip back from Toyota because it was Hendrick for such a long time. Now Toyota's starting to peak a little bit here. If anybody's going to steal it back, I'd say why not Blaney? So to recap our outright picks, we're taking one from each manufacturer for the first time in a few episodes. We're going Blaney plus 1,000, Christopher Bell plus 1,200, good value pick there, and Chase Elliott plus 1,000. Lock them in. Vegas, baby! Vegas! So next up, we're going to hit our finishing positions segment, and we've been pretty good in this area with uh, the last few weeks calling out some picks to win in this area. And we're going to start with our toolhangers.com bet of the week. So last week, just a recap, we did miss on the toolhangers bet of the week pick, which was Chevy minus 120, and it was looking damn good for a majority of that race. And then when all hell broke loose at the end with Larson uh, getting knocked out of the way and everything, it opened the door for the Toyota cars to kind of take over. So uh, we missed out on last week, even though I still feel confident that that was a solid choice because of the way the race unfolded. Um, it was a fun way to, to see the race unfold, but we missed out on a, what looked to be a sure thing very, very late in that race. So we're going to move ahead because I've got a finishing position bet for the bet of the week this week. So just to recap our toolhangers.com bet of the week segment, Toolhangers is a website that specializes in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws to drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, and more. Basically, if you're looking to reorganize your tool bench or your garage, give toolhangers.com a look and they'll be able to set you up with anything that you may need in that area. Now, if you go to toolhangers.com slash full tank, you'll be able to see our list of our picks of the week and uh, what our current pot is for the gift card that we're going to raffle off at the end of the year. It's right now at $34. So this week, I'm calling out Ross Chastain plus 125. So if we hit that, that'll be another $12 added to the toolhangers.com pot there for that gift card at the end of the regular season. And this is why I'm calling out Ross Chastain. 
All right, because there's a few different ways we could take this. I could have gone minus money again with a, a couple different guys, but I feel really confident in Ross Chastain this week. First, let's just start with the comp tracks, right? He's got five races on the comparable race tracks, and he's got one top five and three top tens. That's pretty good because if you're considering Ross, you know, those races coming in the one car this year and also Chip Ganassi last year in the 42 car, his average finish is sixth out of NASCAR, 10.0. His driver rating is 10th, 82.6. Now, this is why I think that that's impressive. It's because Ross has dominated or, you know, maybe dominates a little over the top, but Ross has put himself in position to be part of the championship conversation this year. But three of those five races were with Ganassi last year, where he was almost a non-factor, right? I don't want to be too harsh on him. I'm kind of going from one end of the spectrum to the other. But the fact remains, like Ross was not in the playoff conversation or or long-range playoff conversation last year. But we're still seeing good stats across the board for Ross. So I think that's one thing that stands out to me is like, wow, you know, even in uh, a lesser season, a lesser uh, car or equipment, even though, you know, same race shop, I get it. But hopefully you can kind of understand what I'm getting at here is it's not just all coming from this year. Now, that being said, he finished second at Phoenix, very big comp track this year, and his speed ranking is 11th this season. So not too shabby. Now, this is where I really want to get into the nitty gritty when it comes to Ross's stats here, because if you're looking at 2022, this season specifically, if he has a finish that's outside the top 10, he has backed it up since Daytona. He has backed it up with a top 10 right away. So not finishing outside the top 10 back to back hasn't happened since Daytona and the, the race after that. So that's a damn good stat. But the other thing about it is He's got seven top five finishes and eight top 10 finishes. So what I'm trying to tell you is if he's going to back up that non-top 10 finishing inside the top 10, when he's there, he's usually in the top five, right? Seven top five finishes, eight top 10 finishes. Hey, why not, you know, take the risk and, and put up the money for a top five finish because this car has been unbelievable this season. So he has a truck win. And when I think of Gateway, Ross Chastain's win is what I think of. Like, I remember that specifically. That's when he was really kind of becoming a fan favorite and the watermelon came out and everything. It was like my introduction to Ross Chastain being a decent driver or someone that could compete. So all of that makes me Put the stamp on it, plus 125 for Ross Chastain is the toolhangers.com bet of the week. Lock it in right now for that value goes down after qualifying. Now, the next driver I'm going to call out is minus money, but it's kind of hard to find, you know, if you're going in the top 10 field, right? It's really hard to find super good value that is, you know, in the top 10. You're, you're, getting plus money, you're looking at some people that are really tough to put some good data behind it and feel confident in. I'm going to go with Joey Logano minus 129 to finish in the top 10. I feel comfortable with that minus money up to just about that limit there. I'm a big fan of Logano this week. In six races, these tracks, three top fives, four top tens. Average finish is 8.2. That's third out of everyone. 
Driver rating is 99.2. That's sixth. So it seems reasonable that he'd be able to come up with a top 10. He's four for six, right? This season at Phoenix and Richmond, he's got an eighth and a 17th place finish, but his speed rankings kind of show a little bit better than that. He's sixth in the speed rankings, 7.0. Now, I mentioned a second ago this season for Ross Chastain, not having back-to-back finishes outside the top 10. Well, Joey has had a little bit less of a stellar season than Ross. He's sixth in the standings, whereas Ross is second. But Joey has not finished three times in the row outside the top 10. So he's got two in a row outside the top 10 these last two races. So I don't think it's going to happen at this racetrack. I think, you know, if that trend is to continue, he would be in there and we'd be cashing a minus 129 number. Historically, at these racetracks, his top 10 number is pretty good. If you look at his full career at Richmond, Phoenix, and New Hampshire, he's got 76 starts, six wins, a 35% hit rate for a top five, but we only concern ourselves right now with top tens, and it's 56%. That's a little bit better than a coin flip here. So minus 129, I like it. Give me Joey Logano there to finish in the top 10 and you know, kind of get his season going into the summer months. The last guy that I'm going to talk about was at one point his nemesis. I don't know if they still are beefing, but it's Denny Hamlin. He's plus 110 to finish in the top five. And, you know, I can't take Denny as an outright pick only because I struggle with back-to-back winners, but I definitely need to throw something on someone who's cooking. He did this for us last week, a top five finish. I'm going to lock it in again because these comp tracks definitely speak to him. He's got one win, four top fives, and five top tens in the last six races. His driver rating is first, 109.8, and his average finish is first, 5.2. So as I'm ripping off all these numbers for all these other guys, saying, oh, this guy's this, this guy's that, you're probably saying to yourself, well, who's first in these categories? Well, Joe, excuse me, Denny Hamlin is the one who has that on their resume here. So he won at Richmond this year. He's really starting to come alive. That win at Richmond... Still kind of felt like, oh, you know, that was, it, it came out of nowhere. And then he did kind of go back into um, the oblivion, right? It was not really a factor after that. But this win that we just saw at Charlotte, uh, regardless of how it went down with, you know, cars dropping out due to accidents and whatever, he definitely showed recently, right, back to back to back races, including the all-star race, that he is now starting to come alive and becoming more comfortable with this race car, comfortable with this situation, and really starting to get into the championship hunt uh, as a name that is a contender. So Denny Hamlin, feeling more comfortable, plus 110 for a top five. I really like that number, so lock me in for him as well. So to recap the picks for the finishing positions, we've got Chastain plus 125, the bet of the week, Logano minus 129, top 10, and it's Hamlin plus 110 for a top five. Shop those around because you might be able to get those at different sports books at a better value. Now, some other picks that I'm just like really struggling with, I need to find a way. So if you follow me on social media at Full Tank Phil, I need to find a way to get money in on Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, and Martin Truex Jr. I'm really starting to you know, look and see whether it's a head-to-head or a finishing position bet, or maybe I, I cave and I do a, a late week outright pick after qualifying. But those are three other names. I just want to call that out of people that 
I haven't really uh, nailed down, but they're on my radar this week. And I know I don't usually talk that way on the episodes, but I figured it was worth calling them out. Now, before we get into our conversation with Asphalt DJ, and I just wanted to talk trucks because, you know, like we said, the trucks have been laying the, the groundwork at Gateway for quite a while here. So we'll see the trucks on Friday night, which we know and love. And I'm seeing some names. The reason I wanted to call them out briefly is because, you know, I'll, I'll throw some official picks out there on Friday afternoon, but the names that I'm seeing are taking me by surprise. Like, I would say these names out loud, right? Stuart Friesen. He is someone that I have just always not gotten behind to throw money down on. But at plus 1,100, he is starting to look very popular in my eyes. He's got three out of four top five finishes. His average finishing position is 6.3. That's good enough for anyone who has spent more than just one race here out of everyone in the truck series. So that's impressive. The big guns, right? The guys that we talk about week in and week out, Zane Smith, John Hunter Nemechek, Ben Rhodes, they've got okay numbers, right? Not numbers that jump off the screen to you. Like John Hunter has a win here. You say to yourself, all right, well, you know, he's the favorite. He's got a win here. It's a lock, right? Tough to pass at Gateway. So he'll go out and get it done. That win came a, a while back, right? Not recently. So that is making me think because these bigger guys don't have the the stats that I'd probably feel more comfortable in having, I'm looking down the list and I'm seeing a guy like Stuart Friesen. Like, whoa, that's somebody that I could feel comfortable sprinkling a little bit of money down on. And then some other names. Chase Purdy had one race. He finished sixth. Then uh, a complete long shot. I never thought I would say this, but Haley Deegan for a top five, you know, those numbers aren't out yet. But she had her best career finish in the truck series, a seventh place finish. You know, you got to figure that they're marking that on their calendar. If they had top 10s for the trucks, I'd feel a bit more comfortable throwing her name in there because I think that's even a stretch for both Purdy and Deegan. But, uh, hey, you know, their names are kind of jumping out when you're looking at the stats because just one race, but at a season last year where at least Deegan has struggled and so far this year, if you're going to go to a quote-unquote track favorite or favorite track – might as well, you know, look a little bit harder at those names than normal. So, uh, like I said, we'll we'll see how the week unfolds for the trucks as the odds completely come out. Looking for those head-to-head matchups. So far, I only see two head-to-heads in the trucks on any sports book as I'm recording this, and it's on Barstool. Zane Smith as a, a huge favorite over, I believe it was Christian Eckes. Just like not worth it, minus 195. And then it was John Hunter Nemechek, minus 220 over Grant Enfinger. So those are, you know, too much to, to lay down. So I'm going to wait for more of the head-to-heads to come out before we really uh, make a stamp on the truck series. But definitely have your eyes on it because those guys have been here multiple times in the past, unlike the truck series. Can you again? Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. Wow, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow, that's good advice. So now we're going to get to our conversation with Asphalt DGen. That's how you know him on Twitter. He's been doing very well this year, putting out picks. And uh, he reached out, said, hey, you know, they're coming to my hometown. Let's uh, hop on and we'll, we'll do a face-off. So jumped at the opportunity to talk with him. So we'll talk to him about everything that's going on in St. Louis, what the vibe is down there with uh, the Cup Series coming to town, 
and we'll get into his background in betting. Relatively new gambler in the space, so uh, it's fun to hear about that story. And then we'll get into some head-to-head matchups and do our full tank face-off, best of three, so you'll see what matchups we come out with. So without further ado, here is Asphalt DGen. All right, so now we are very thrilled to welcome onto the podcast a local of the Gateway Track. You might know him on Twitter, Asphalt Degen, aka Dylan. Welcome to the podcast, Dylan. I appreciate you having on or coming on tonight. How's it going, Phil? Appreciate you having me. Uh, big fan of the podcast, so happy to be on. Yeah, I mean, I was super pumped when. I got a message from you on Twitter letting me know that you were going to the race. You're from the St. Louis area, um, new track and the worldwide technologies raceway. I always call it gateway. I don't know. Is that what you usually yeah. call it or? Yeah. Um, so, so you're going to the race, but first, you know, before we talk about that, I just wanted to get your background, the, the NASCAR fandom and, and how you got into gambling on NASCAR. Like, how did we end up talking tonight, basically? All right. Well, I am actually pretty new to NASCAR. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I actually, I wouldn't say hated NASCAR, but I'm a baseball guy. I played baseball in college, football, big football guy, uh, basketball, you know, the main sports. So I never really even considered NASCAR a sport. And then uh, uh, what is it, two years ago, I guess last year before the season, uh, my future father-in-law uh, asked me if I joined their fantasy league, NASCAR. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Man. It's like, I don't watch that. But uh, I'm like, all right, well, I'll do it. They needed a guy. So I figured if I'm going to do it, I'm going to win. So I went all in. You know, studying everything I find. Actually, first thing I found was full tank with Phil. So you uh, nice. You started my uh, uh, fandom to gambling ish on it because I didn't even think about gambling on it until about uh, first week. I listened to the podcast. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can make some money on it too. So I went in deep on it. Uh, started rough. Got halfway through the season, man. I was on a roll. I was winning bets, and I just went. I was killing it. I ended up winning, winning the league. It's a lot like the league you were talking about with uh, Derek. Uh, it's like a, it's like a snake draft deal. Yeah. So first pick, you know. Well, first pick's kind of the worst because you get you get somebody good, but then you're stuck with the twentieth pick. So you kind of get stuck there. If your guy crashes out, you get screwed. Anyway. Uh, so I ended up uh, winning money in that by the end of the year. And then when it ended, I missed it. So I'm like, uh, uh, I'm going to make a little account or whatever, a little burner, whatever you want to call it, just to track my bets and stuff. So that's what Asphalt DJ does. So uh, love it. Doing pretty- and uh, I just fell in love with it, man. I never thought I would like NASCAR, but. Yeah, it's pretty much my favorite sport. Now. Out of that's football. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think that's usually king. Um, yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, and, and it's cool because it seems like that's a similar story to people that I've talked to, you know, whether it was on the podcast or not. Like, you know, grew up playing a different sport, 
you know, and, and not really into it. And then like slowly kind of becoming uh, super interested in it because of the gambling aspect, the, the fact that, you know, there's something to look into the fantasy aspect, whatever the, the case may be. And um, I, you know, I, one of those people too. So that's, that's awesome. Uh, your Twitter handle has the avatar for, for the Penske crew. Is there any meaning behind that? Are those your guys or uh, just a cool picture? Uh, it's a cool picture, but I am a, I am a Blaney guy, not a Logano guy and you know, Cindric's okay, but I'm, I'm probably more a Blaney guy. Uh, overall, I'd say not my go-to, but honestly, whoever's winning me money, is my guy. So. <laughs> yeah. That that's kind of how I am these days, even though I, I would say that, yeah, Blaney's one of my, my go-to guys and, uh, I find myself rooting against them from time to time, depending on my bets. But um, so you are going to Gateway this Sunday. Um, they have not run the Cup Series there. That you know, I talked earlier in the the podcast. They were running the trucks there recently in Xfinity a while back. Um, so this is your first time at Gateway. Is that correct? It is my first time at Gateway. It's my first time at a NASCAR race, actually. Never that been is in, awesome. Never been in a NASCAR race because, obviously, I just started NASCAR last year, and uh, this is the first St. Louis one. Almost went to Kansas a couple weeks ago. I was actually in Kansas City. I wanted to go so bad, but I had to get back uh, St. Louis. For, I got work at 4 in the morning, so. <laughs> that would have been but, rough. <laughs> yeah, it was a best call, but I, I waited a few weeks, and that'll be uh, – seeing it this week so what's the vibe like in the st louis area this week like you know that i've heard just watching like the truck races and everything the last few years people were always saying like there are certain tracks that they would like to see in the cup series um and gateway always came up as one of those like is the the vibe that you're getting around town like excitement is it you know maybe it hasn't really hit yet because it's still a little too far out maybe the weekend will get get a little bit hotter? Like, what's the, the feeling around town? I really have no friends that like NASCAR. I've got one guy. I really don't know anyone around here that likes NASCAR. But for some reason, this thing sold out. Uh, I see people talking about it all over the place. Um, I just It's just a sports thing with St. Louis, you know, like PGA. Well, we have the PGA Championship uh, a few years ago. That was unbelievable, the people that showed up to that. Uh, anything major that comes in town, man, it just fills up. It's going to be, it'll be packed. So people are excited. Uh, yep. They're, they're coming out of the woodwork, so to speak, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. So yeah. More interested. Yeah. It would tell me that, and you know, like you're going to your first NASCAR race. It makes me think that NASCAR is making the right decision by taking a shot on gateway. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. So do you have any, I don't know, thoughts on the way that this race is going to play out based on, you know, the track itself or, or any feelings on um, outright picks early in this one uh, before we get into, we are going to, I didn't say this, we are going to get into a, a face-off here with some head to head picks, but before we do that, you know, any overall thoughts on the track and uh, what to expect you know, as far as the racing is concerned. Yeah. Uh, 
I am a little bit worried coming off of Charlotte, how, how good that was. Uh, the fact this is, uh, what, it's a mile and a quarter. So it's not super short, but it's not a mile and a half. I'm hoping it races more like a mile and a half than a short, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm just hoping it's not, you know, like, what was that, Martinsville? It was just boring as hell earlier. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just hope it's not just one line. Boring. I hope it's especially coming off Charlotte. How much people love that, but uh, yeah, that's my only worry about it. But we'll see. I guess. Um, other than that, I'm gonna. Well, I will be making a bet on Denny Hamlin to win. I know that. Uh, I do not like Denny Hamlin, but uh, me. Dad, and I think there's four or five other of us. We all work at FedEx Express here. We're all going sitting next to each other. So I feel like we got to throw something down on the FedEx guy, right? Oh, my especially, God. I mean, especially them because they don't know what's going on. So I'm like, hey, you got at least got a roof for your guy. You got a roof for the FedEx guy, right? And that's, I mean, so I have a little bit of a, a hang up about taking back to back winners. Um, but yeah, Denny. That, that is worrying me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Come on, his his values legit for uh uh you know sponsor uh to be working for FedEx. That is pretty cool. I mean, he's going off at plus nine hundred as far as I could tell right now on DraftKings. So yeah, I mean that's that's not too shabby. His stats seem to add up here, so that's not a bad outright pick. I mean, I, I definitely looked at him really hard. It's just like I said, the the back to back thing. But I think that you and your buddies could. Uh, be celebrating possibly on Sunday. That's that's not too shabby. I just like Team Toyota this week too, man. They are picking it up, man. You know, they started slow, but uh man, they've been fast lately, man. So I'm probably gonna pick a couple Toyota guys here uh, in the matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that because in my outright picks, I'm I'm my head's in a pretzel. Um I Looking back on it here, I don't think I own. I did take one team Toyota driver, but I I wanted to take more, and I think I'm gonna go like all in on the the Toyota prop, like plus one eighty, just because I you know I don't know which one to take outright, so I might go heavy. Because I'm glad that you're saying that; it kind of gives me some validation, um, feeling that way. So. Let's get into some head-to-head picks and a bit of a face-off here. So for anyone who hasn't heard the podcast before or heard us do this, um, we did it last week, but it was an abbreviated version of it or a different version where we, we were working off of the group bets. This week, we're going back to the head-to-head format, and the way it works is we're. I'm going to actually default to you, Dylan, if you want to take um, – one matchup or two uh and you know one person is going to go first they're going to select a matchup that's out there right now on DraftKings, and uh whatever driver dylan wants to take i'm going to get stuck with the other person and then i'll uh i'll run it back and then we'll have a, a rubber match so at the end of the day we're all we're going to have three matchups three drivers each and we'll see uh who comes out victorious so um Coming off a win against Derek last week in the group bets. So I'm trying to 
run it back and, and stay hot this week here against you. So the the first matchup, uh, want to throw it out there. Do you want to take two picks or do you want to default to to me and, and only take one? I'll do two. I'm here. Why not? I like it. I like it. So you kick us off then. What's the matchup that you're leading us off with? Because I'll tell you right now, I've got one that I love, and I'm crossing my fingers you don't take it. Boy, all right. Um, I said I was going to take a couple Toyotas, but I'm already thinking of changing that. <laughs> I think I'm going to take Ryan Blaney over Byron. I think it was minus 115. I didn't write it down. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think Blaney – I think he should be the favorite, man. He is on the short flats this year. He's been uh, faster than anybody. Actually, uh, Ryan from uh, High Fantasy Race, that dude's awesome, by the way. He, he uh, is. He is. Uh, I get a lot of stuff from him. And uh, he put out a tweet earlier about Blaney uh, that he has over the short flats this year. He's first in driver rating, laps led. Uh, average finish and has won both goals. I mean, and uh, you know, Byron's been slow uh, lately, man. He's been a slump. Uh, was it last seven? Got a damn, I wrote it the wrong spot. Uh, he has been in the top 10, I believe, in the last seven races. That's not great. <laughs> so, I mean, I know he's got some bad luck in there, he's been fast, obviously. But uh, I just think Blaney could win this damn thing. So, I mean, I don't know how you can bet against Ryan Blaney at a short flat with stats like that. So, I'm locking Blaney. So, I like this and I hate it at the same time. Um, so, Blaney, I took him to win. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there and the fact that you're calling him out as your first matchup selection that makes me happy because it validates my feelings towards Blaney at plus 1000 outright. Like I I'm with you, man. I, I think that he could win this race, those stats. Uh, I didn't touch on those specifically that you called out. So that's great. You know, kind of bolstering um, that pick from earlier in the, the episode and um, getting stuck with Byron. I'm not thrilled with it. Like you, you hit it right on the head since his Martinsville win, and, and that's where I was like super high on Byron. I was like, this dude is a, a championship contender and he has just completely fallen off since then. So when I was staring at the stats, uh, I was looking to Byron to see like, you know, is he somebody worth taking? And I, I didn't see anything there that was worth it. So getting stuck with him, I don't think I'll win this matchup unless there's something crazy that happens. But um, at the same time, I guess if I want to put a positive spin on it, I would say that, like, I didn't take anything to do with Byron, you know, outrights or position bets. And part of that made me a little queasy because it was like, as soon as I stop betting on him, he's going to do something good. So at least I have some action on him in some way, shape or form. That's the way I'll spin it. But um, I think that's a good pick by you. Um, so Blaney over William Byron, the the future brother-in-laws. I think we, we talked about those guys last week as well. Um, all right. So I will go next and I have one that I really like. And I, it's one of those, like, 
am I too hype on this? And, and there's a reason why, like these guys are evenly matched up, but uh, minus 110 a piece, I will be taking Kevin Harvick and you will be stuck with Chase Briscoe. Um, so before I, I get into that, what's your gut feeling on that one with Briscoe? Uh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get why Harvick is so low or, uh, you know, high up. He's, you know, I mean, I know he's not the old Harvick, but man, he's good at short flats. I know that. And I mean, Briscoe's back and forth all year. So, yeah, I don't love it, but I'll take it. Yeah, you, you were, you were – starting to break up there for me for a second but i think you said he, he's you know been good on short flats which is what i'm getting at here i mean kevin harvick he just stands out to me like i i agree i don't know why he's being overlooked i'm looking you know for for your benefit i, I mentioned this earlier but for the stats that i'm looking at i'm looking at the last six races two each at phoenix richmond and new hampshire and if you're looking at those races He's got two top five, six top 10 finishes, like Kevin Harvick. So if you're saying he fell off, right, that's what people say about him. Not recently, like not within the last year and a half at these short tracks. And if you're looking at the average speed rating, you mentioned iFantasy Race. Uh, Ryan, he has his blog out there, his site, the speed ratings from uh, Richmond and, and Phoenix. And Kevin Harvick's the fastest on those tracks this year. Stands out. Big time. Now, I think the reason that he's matched up against Briscoe is because Briscoe won Phoenix, which is a comparable track. So that has some people's attention. And last week they finished three, four. So I think that has some people's attention. But Briscoe, to me, this is I mean, as much as I want to hype Harvick out, this is a, as much of a fade on Briscoe. Like up until last week, he's been dismal over the last like month and a half. So you know, I, I, maybe this is a turnaround. Maybe they have this track circled at their shop. Um, but give me Harvick, give me the guy who's like guaranteed top 10, according to the stats over, you know, a long shot in Briscoe. So I don't know anything else to add. I mean, you did, I know you're not happy about it, but, um, any other closing thoughts on that matchup? No, don't love it, but, uh, I'll take it. Yeah. I've been looking at Harvick all day, too. And, yeah, I saw the same thing. I'm like, man, he's been fast this year at these tracks. So, I don't understand why people aren't on him as much. But, all right, I'll take Briscoe. That would work. Yeah, he. it's also, like, tempting. You're looking at him, like, plus 1,600. I, I was looking at him plus 200 for a top five, even. And, you know, it's like, I want that. But at the same time this season does kind of scare me off a little bit with the, the totality of the season. And then you look at, well, you know, just like we said about the flat short tracks, like he's been good there. So it's such a tennis match in my mind with Kevin Harvick, uh, as far as taking him for a finishing position. So that's where I'm landing with the, the head to head. I'm like, all right, I think he could beat one guy. <laughs> so, uh, but I wouldn't shame anyone that took him out. Right. I can tell you that. I, I think he's going to somehow start to pipe up here in the summertime. Um, all right, so I will then default to you for the rubber match, the the last one. Who are you taking as the last matchup? All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna have to take a Toyota after I said that. So I'm going <laughs> uh, Christopher Bell over Alex Bowman. Um, and Christopher Bell, I feel like is just like 
people don't respect him lately, man. I mean, I know he wasn't great early, but um, man, he's been fast. All Toyota's been fast lately, but uh, I think he could have won that race uh, Sunday if he wasn't popping tires and having problems, man. He was passing everybody left and right. Uh, and let's see, he's got a he has a win in Gateway uh, in the trucks. Um, he had the eighth best green flag speed at Richmond, which you know. Not bad. Uh, I think Bowman was 11th or 12th, something like that. Sorry, Dylan, Dylan, you just just cut out there for a second. Can you just repeat that last part? Uh, Yeah, last five races, Chris Bell, the guy's a top top five machine, really. Uh, Alex Bowman only beat him in one of those races. Uh, and he's just, you know, he's a short flat guy. So I think everything points to Bell there. I think he could be a top five play. So yeah, that's what I got. I'll go with Bell. I have to say to anyone that is listening to this, that we did not talk about this ahead of time, like who we were taking. But you are making me feel so good about the picks that I made outright because Christopher Bell was one of those guys plus twelve hundred to go outright. Like I'm, I'm with you on that. And you know, short flat guy. That's that's what I'm, you know, really banking on here. I, I love the stats that I saw with Christopher Bell, and you hit the nail on the head when you're saying like you know Bowman only won one of those head to head matchups against him in in that series of time. So I'm not thrilled with Bowman in this matchup. Um, I, I think you are 100% making the the right choice here. I'm even just trying to find Bowman's stats. Just two top tens in the last six races in uh, my data set here. Um, five top 15. So so he'll be in around that like you know 13th position area, which is mm-hmm. fine. You know what I mean? Which so that tells me that gives me a little bit of hope because in a head-to-head matchup, if you're telling me you can be in that like top 12 area, um, especially guys like this that I wouldn't say are like the marquee guys, I'm, I'm fine with that if you're giving me that, and I'll put it on Bell to actually you know go out and perform because you know you can't slip up if you're facing off a guy who's pretty consistent in that way. But uh, that's the way I'm trying to spin it in my mind. But like I said. I think you made the right pick here with, with Christopher Bell in this matchup. So uh, if everything turns out as we would think, you would have the the two one advantage in the matchup, but that has not been how it's gone so far this year, but uh, good picks though. That's all I can say. I tip my hat to you. Um, yeah. Anything else to add on that one? Uh, uh, no, I think we're good. Uh, yeah. Cool. Then I'll throw in another one. If I if I was going again, uh, or if I was defaulted to um, take two, I'll I'll give you the other one that I was going to choose, and you can get your take on it. Because I would have actually gone with an underdog matchup. Uh, Eric Almarola is an underdog this week. He's plus one hundred five against Kurt Busch. This is uh, one that I like really toiled with. So I'm glad I didn't have to like actually rubber stamp it. You know what I mean in the the face off. Uh, cause Kurt's been on fire recently. Like he's been, he's been really good. Um, obviously got that win a couple weeks back and just been performing better, but Eric Almarola 
he's another one of those guys that shows up at these flat tracks. And I, I have a feeling that he would do that again this week. Like Almarola over the past couple of years, to me, seems like someone who's pretty predictable. Like when we're saying, Hey, he's a guy like last year at New Hampshire, like he's a guy that could do well uh, at this track. He typically does like he, he follows that trend when people are on them. And I think that there's value at, at plus one Oh five. And I would even feel comfortable taking him in a head to head matchup. So am I crazy or is there something to that? Or uh, what would you have been feeling if I had stuck you with Kurt Bush in that one? Oh man, I probably would like Bush in that, honestly. Okay. Uh, Omarola. Yeah. He's, he's the short flat guy too, but I don't know. He, I mean, what uh, Richmond and, Phoenix, I don't – what was he in the top 20? I don't think he's really been – he hasn't shown much speed at all, even at the short flats this year. And, I mean, Kurt Busch lately has been – I mean, he looks really good. Hell, he's got a win. And uh, the Toyota – I, you know, I like the ty- uh, Toyota. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably uh, – I probably would have been okay with Kurt. Makes sense. I mean, there's a reason why he's the favorite. Um, that's one, you know, like personally on my own um, – like betting account, I'm going to wait and see how practice looks. And uh, because if Almirola goes out and performs well in practice, then what's the worst that could happen? They become like even odds, you know, I don't see that flip-flopping. So I I feel like uh, anybody who is looking to tail Almirola could still get him uh, later in the weekend at a a decent price. But yeah, that's one that I had my eye on. And that would have been what I went with if uh, I was choosing too. So any other other head-to-heads or finishing position bets that um, stand out to you this weekend? Uh, oh, on that last one still. Um, yeah. Another thing is Kurt, is uh, he's been qualifying really well. Uh, he's been in the top ten, what, last five out of six or something? I mean, he's been fast right out of qualifying. So uh, if I'm, I'm kind of worried it's going to be a boring race, not a lot of passing. So I think that would also give him a – you know, if he qualifies up high, gives him a little edge to me too. But That's uh, a good point. Really good point. But other than that, uh, the only other matchup I'm looking at would be I, – I couldn't use this one because uh, I also got another guy over Byron, uh, Chastain. I'm big on Chastain this week, mostly because I'm, I was against him last week and uh, I was throwing stuff at the wall watching him lead half the race. But, uh, you know, he's he came in second to Phoenix. Uh, he's won here in trucks, uh, but he's been faster than just about everybody all year. The guy's just good anywhere you put him. So I was looking at that, but uh, yeah, I wasn't going to pick two, uh, both my matchups against Byron. So, <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty bold to, to basically make it one guy. We have not yeah. had that happen before. Yeah. Um, that would have been funny. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue Chastain either. I, I called him out as well as not a, a win-the-race guy, but uh, in a finishing position bet, I mean, he's he's just like the surprise of the year, man. Uh, I'm happy to see it happen. He had a truck race win um, a couple years ago. I, was, I watched that entire race. It was, um, you know, a little boring. Like you had, you know, it's, it's funny you're saying – you're nervous, right? That it's going to be a 
a boring race uh, because I feel the same way when they go to Pocono. Pocono's already had a, a race stripped from it, and I'm I'm nervous because uh, that's the track closest to me. It, it's just funny to hear you say that, you know, and, and you make a good point. Charlotte was pretty entertaining, so that's going to leave people, you know, foaming at the mouth, wanting more. And uh, I, I hope they give whatever happens on Sunday. I hope they let this track, you know, breathe a little bit on the schedule for a, a couple of years before they make any rash decisions. Uh, excuse me. But, um, yeah, it's just funny to hear you say that. So, yeah, Chastain. Um, I'm with you as well. We're, we're in the same mindset for a lot of these guys this weekend, uh, which was is making me feel good because I had I have a lot of guys like written down that I was like thinking about going all in on, and I ended up like crossing a couple guys out. So uh, just talking to you tonight, it's making me feel pretty good on a, on a Tuesday night. So um, yeah, any other thoughts here before we start to close it up? Uh, no, I'm just excited, man. First ever NASCAR race. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go, man. So first ever NASCAR race, what's your game plan for Sunday? Like, what are you doing? Like you have a RV something, or you have a, a spot picked out that you're going to meet up with people. Like what's your, what time are you getting there? You know, tailgating, what's your deal? We still haven't decided that hopefully pretty early. Uh, <laughs> drinks going to be flowing pretty early. Uh, but yeah, I am going with my dad though. So it's going to be tough getting him out there drinking that early, but, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. No RV. Uh, we just gotta, I don't know if this is weird for uh, NASCAR race, but we have to, you have to buy parking before there's no parking. Like you can't pay for parking when you get there. Is that normal in NASCAR? Uh, it's not at Pocono, uh, which is where I've been. So I, I can't answer that for you. That's, uh, I don't yeah. know if that's maybe like a, I don't know, like a new thing because of like COVID and whatnot. I don't know. That's I, that's interesting. I don't know what the deal is, but I've seen that. They've said it a couple of times on uh, uh, Worldwide's uh, Twitter or something that there's no – you can't pay for parking at the place. You have to buy a parking pass online. I'm like, dude, you know people are going to be showing up all morning <laughs> trying to pay. Yeah, absolutely. But So that's where we're parking. So we bought a parking pass. Don't know anything about it. So don't know where we're parking, but whatever red is. So, yeah, we'll uh, bring a grill, bring some coolers, hang out for a while, go in. There's a bunch of concerts and stuff going on in there, so we'll head in kind of early and check those out. But, yeah, going to be a full day. Well, you're our, uh, you know, on-site reporter, basically. So if you, you know, think of it throughout the, the tailgate or whatever, send send a tweet my way so I can see what you guys got going on on the grill and whatnot and uh, let us know afterwards you know what i mean your your full uh rating of the experience i'm, I'm really anxious to know because you know new track for for the cup series a lot of excitement around it uh, i'm really hoping that um things you know the, the facility works well and and the the whole experience top to bottom is uh, pleasant for people like yourself going to the race so you got to let us know how it goes i will for sure let you know man i'll send you out a tweet i'm uh hoping it goes well I'm hoping it's not a one and done man yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I want to see these, these newer tracks. I like when they're taking risks with the schedule in that way, getting tracks that have kind of, you know, stepped up in the, the lower series. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully it's a good one. See some, some good action first race. Um, yeah. Well, 
than any other closing thoughts for us here? Uh, no, that's all I got, man. How can how can people find it? It's at Asphalt Dgen, right? Asphalt Dgen on Twitter. I just post pick. I just you basically use it to keep track of my stuff, and uh, you know you meet some cool people on there. Like I didn't know any of you people. Uh, what in December or February? So just made things, meet some cool people like Derek's uh, with Derek's uh, Twitter space. That's pretty cool what he does there. Uh, and yeah, there's a bunch of cool people in the uh, community. So yeah, just follow me there. Good stuff. Yeah, give Dylan a follow there. You're up on the season, I see, on the the profile right there. So good stuff. Tail his picks as well as uh, listen to us on here. So really appreciate you jumping on. And I had a really busy night tonight uh, making the time for this conversation so it's much appreciated i I hope you have a good weekend good sunday and uh yeah good luck all right thanks phil appreciate you having me on absolutely we'll do it again well that's going to do it for another episode of the full tank with phil podcast thanks so much to our guest asphalt dj for coming on do a little full tank face off we love it give him a follow on twitter if you haven't already and follow me at Full Tank Phil on Instagram and Twitter for any updates throughout the week on some picks that we come up with. Next week, we are pumped. We're going further out west. It's road course action once again. Get your wine ready because it's wine country at Sonoma. So we're excited for that. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time for Sonoma. No place to go. Place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go.